You're like best friend status right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think you became best friend status when I came to you the other day about my issues. <laughs> All right, we're back on the post show. Took a potty break, and we were just talking about Nick was feeling self conscious because he didn't have the experience or vocabulary. Talk about beers, like I mean, I, did. I, I I've only been doing this for two years. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so I mentioned You're better at it not in two e- years, way better. Well, than we so were. not even though, if you really think yeah. about it, because uh, I met you halfway through when I was twenty-one. I didn't yeah. get into craft beer until probably sometime in the summer of when I turned twenty-one. So probably around like twenty thirteen. So wow, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's been more along the lines of. Know, was it been, was it the when we went to the shit? I, I turned twenty four at the end of this year, so actually, yeah, it's been. We two went years. to because you couldn't go to uh, oh the uh, the cask fest, the cask fest, and that was the first sort of that like, was my first experience when I went out, to the yeah. Pittsburgh Brew Fest down yeah. at uh, the High Mark. Yeah, that was my first introduction into a lot of craft beer at one time i was just starting to get into craft beer with just starting to get into like sierra nevada um getting into um great lakes at that time and then you you took me to that because jeff was unfortunately unfortunately for me was (laughs) unable to do it being a parent and (laughs) i the, the best part was i don't remember what it was i think i had to go to work in youngstown that night and <laughs> i got obliterated that yeah. day because i mean it was so much beer and so much good stuff and uh i think yeah that that probably was about the turning point of when i was like you know what i really need to master yeah. this so, so nick was mentioning he was worried about saying the wrong thing on the show and there is no wrong thing right there might be things that don't have the same resolution or the same insight that a more experienced palate might have. And I started to tell the story. And we've mentioned this a couple of times. People who listen diligently know this story. But developing your beer palate, it's not something that comes naturally. It comes with work. You cannot mm-hmm. resolve the differences between different flavors without practicing without trying without working at it and there's two um stories that i like to use to support this one is when babies are born they they don't see vivid color you know they don't have the normal pathways there to discern color a lot of things are melted together it's all a blurry blob and then as they practice seeing things they can more clearly pick out color because they're practicing all the time seeing things. Practicing seeing things is a lot easier than practicing tasting things because it's always on. If you're awake, you're seeing things. You know, where tasting things is only when you're eating. So, Well, not necessarily because what do babies love to do is stick things in their mouth. Yeah, Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe that's uh, why I know a, a cardboard and asshole all, tastes like all of the different aspects of so, it. Actually. So, so there's that, and and there is a great is probably on Radio Lab about color a couple years ago. I highly recommend. Probably one of the best Radio Labs I've ever listened to. Greg doesn't listen to Radio Lab. He thinks that they do a lot of kind of way overproduced, way overproduced. But the color one, 
Really, I think you'd even say the. Is it like really '80s good. hair metal produ- overproduced? No, no. I'm talking about the the, the way they edit, the way they uh, put together a show uh, feels extraordinarily artificial to me. Yeah, I haven't come across a radio lab that's been like astounding lately. Yeah, but go back and watch the listen to the color one. It's amazing. And then the other thing is early on there was there's a dude in New Jersey called Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a wine guy. He used to do a YouTube channel called Wine Library TV. And one of the things he said was like, tasting wines is like doing sit-ups. It's exercise. You have to work Mm -hmm. at it. You have to taste things. And more recently, in reading Lou Bryson's Tasting Whiskey, same kind of thing, where if you don't practice tasting whiskey, it just tastes like fire. Right, and well, you have to taste whiskey every day, and you'll at one point break through a wall, and you'll taste more things. You'll taste caramel, marshmallow, all this other stuff, and you won't taste fire. And it's 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 that might be a little bit. That's that's probably more analogous to um, heat tolerance, like like eating a lot of spicy foods right. so the capsaicin doesn't burn you out. The the whiskey one's probably more like that. But the doing sit-ups, the wine tasting, that's that's perfect for tasting beer. If you don't taste a lot of different beer flavors and think about it and try to put vocabulary to it, you're not going to develop that skill. The the issue I have with those descriptions, particularly the one that the Lou Bryson one, is that it reminds me it it sounds very religious think of the person who says you got to pray to god every day and after four or five years suddenly you're talking to god you start to understand what he's saying if you i think it's a sherlock Holmes, you know it's a really a sherlock that sounds... Holmes book where he said that if you look into anything deep enough it starts to look like a conspiracy uh yeah you'll well it, it's it's also i mean you can go into the, i I've, think you're taking that way too far man well, i think i think you're he i think he is taking that a little bit too far but i want to add way to, too far i want to add to that one where where you say like you, you'll eventually find a conspiracy i i believe that if you look at something or I'm sorry if you're searching for something and if you keep searching for it you're going to eventually find it Yeah. because you're going to find reasons to find it so if I look at a painting and say oh there's some sort of uh, abstract thing that shouldn't be in this painting and I don't know I don't want to say anything really too abstract but it's like okay I'm searching for a specific thing so I'm looking at a blank canvas and I'm searching for a black square if I'm searching long enough, I'm going to find yeah. that black square. I don't mean it to impute upon I'm Lou only talking or about whatever. developing no, no, senses. No, I, I understand. My my point is a little more subtle than that. My point is that religiosity is just a part of that whole spectrum of experience, and um, and you can go too far and or convince yourself of something that's not there. I would agree with that. If you're not careful, if you're not constantly questioning yourself. <laughs> I think we 360'd so, from what he was actually talking yeah. about. Yeah, I don't know but I agree with you. That's what the post show So I don't for. know where we're going, but I have a good tangent here. And <laughs> I keep hearing people... Uh, things I was listening to a podcast today about beer and 
talking to the guys from Founders and Jeremy Kanicki, the the brewer, is kind of post craft the term craft beer. Yeah. You know, like it was microbrew and now it's craft beer and now, you know, it's just beer. And, you know, it makes me think. I've thought about this a couple times over the year. You know, is our name obsolete? Could our name become obsolete? And the idea I had today was maybe we start like FedEx, right? It was Federal Express. They went by FedEx, but the company name was still Federal Express. And then eventually the company name was FedEx. Do we still start going more by CBR instead of Craft Beer Radio? To get the craft, that's a really good point there the for name. you guys. the The only question is, I think there are other CBRs out there, right? So there are none that are all that prevalent and in common colloquial, you know, common use. I I I don't know. Um, I mean, think about it. It's it's a it, big it's thing. It's something to think about, but but you know, instead of me doing the intro of of craft beer radio, maybe I say CBR. You know, start slow, right? Yeah, but that I eventually mean, switches to CBR Pittsburgh. No, not Pittsburgh. no, never gonna switch there. <laughs> no, CBR East Coast. We, I, I, we I haven't think, put the effort I, into the local market. I don't There's, know. I, I, I think we're, we're still we're still craft beer radio, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, I uh, we're not KFC. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound that way. It's just there is a potential yeah. that the term will will lose the term. <laughs> The term will like. We're still always so, going to be talking about beer. The 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 kind of beer that we focus on the show. The See, term craft beer is going to fall out of favor. You right? know what's uh, what's funny is that um uh, at my age of twenty three uh I've never experienced. You just, you just love lording over us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey Mister Millennial, tell me how great it is to be a millennial. <laughs> uh, I I never. Ex- How's your credit, millennial guy that never had a credit card? No, I've had a credit card. Yeah. It's, it's not good. But uh, anyways, uh, um, I never had the experience. We're the two guys, Jeff. You and I are the two guys who haven't had student loans, and he does have student loans. I so have don't... student well... loans, credit card debt, and everything else, <laughs> car payment, apartment. But anyhow, uh, I've never had the, uh, I don't want to say privilege, but I've never had the deal with the fact of trying to discover craft beer. At my generation, because I mean, you figure I turned twenty one, two, three, almost going yeah. on three years ago, and craft you, beer you is extremely accessible within this day of age. I mean, if you're talking about local breweries and like making a sculpture today. and other like microbrewers, so I don't understand where I'm coming from. Where the dom- the dominant priority was Bud and Coors. Mm-hmm. However, um. Talking about the change of course and stuff like that, uh, a, a bass player that, and also a really good friend of mine, Jesse Parker, he, he uh, moved to Germany, okay, and he's been to Germany multiple times, and now he permanently lives in Germany, and he's lived there for the past few months. Um, he was talking about, like, I mean, people coming here from Germany, from Europe, and also from around the world, uh, coming over here and then seeing what America has become. For yeah. craft beer, yeah. because before it used to just be watered down it's a joke. piss. It's a joke. It was a yeah. joke, and now they come here and they see all these breweries with great beers, and they're like, "Well, oh, all right, well, this is something to contend with." Uh, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of deviation yeah, of what you guys you know, talked about. Add a little but, more depth to what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying. I don't mean to interrupt. I was listening to this interview with Founders Day talking about the whole Spanish brewery owner, not a craft brewer, all that crap, right? But Jeremy was over in Europe. 
and all these guys are raving about American craft beer, and he tastes what they're drinking, the stuff that's gone on the boat, and like it's like stale hops and like no good. It's uh-huh. like you know, it's the same kind of thing. But when you're over there and you drink the German beers and the Belgian beers, it's like so good, and like yeah. Phantom over here is always skunked, you know. So it makes me wonder, like, should a beer brand? be global like well i mean look at what stone's doing they're making mm-hmm. a brewery in germany uh but the market's gonna, but, but, but the market's too. really going to define on the beers they make there versus the beers they make here it may not be the same thing after a year or two. i don't I know think that's necessarily true mcdonald's is the same everywhere I, you know it's it's unless you go to no it's French, not it's then, not the I mean, same. it's not a quarter pounder with no, cheese McDonald's it's a royale with cheese it's it is the same, the same everywhere no not in india it's all chicken in India. Okay. But and you could get a Chevelle burger in France. But, like, you know, everyone says, oh, the McDonald's in Japan was so awesome. No, I had it. The McDonald's in Japan tastes just like the McDonald's in America. It's the same thing. It's the same fucking product. I hope so the people is, listening, Budweiser is, is, is the same product everywhere. Uh, I expect <laughs> that the craft beer products will be the same where you go. If you go, if you go to Stone in... Uh, in in uh, San Diego, or if you go to Stone in Virginia, you no, know, it's or is it North Carolina where they're making it? Virginia, Virginia, Richmond, uh, Richmond, or if you go to Stone in Berlin, Berlin, you're going to get the same. For, right, right, right. If they the make Stone, IPA, if they make Stone IPA or Stone yeah. Ruination 2.0, well, same thing. But who's to say that Stone Berlin's not going to make Stone Hoffenbier? Which oh, is sure. I don't see any reason why from, that won't happen, but that's, right. that's a different, I'm, I'm, that's I, different I, thing. I want to say two things. One, I hope people actually recognize the Pulp Fiction quote that I threw in there. And I, then I two, it. it was the quarter pounder oh, quarter, with cheese oh, yeah, and that's a, Royale with cheese. Um, and two, I honestly, I think Sam Adams does Sam Adams does the best thing for craft beer about how it's, it's, a, it's become a global force and the the stuff they put out is fantastic. You're not going to hear much complaints from us about Sam Adams. Uh, first of all, they've been very good to us. Second of all, we think they've been very good to the craft beer industry. I, I, I totally and, and would agree with We think they're that. making very good beer. Yeah. We've had we've had beers from them that aren't very good. But uh, I would agree with that. I've had beers from them that I didn't really enjoy. But the majority, I've really enjoyed from them. I mean, they are probably, in my opinion, one of the, the biggest microbrewers. In, they definitely are. At least in America. They're the biggest craft brewer uh, mm-hmm. by a considerable amount. Well, I mean, if no, you just look at their Boston. The craft brewer. Okay, no, well, but, but the biggest. Really? We would you don't think brewer. the Boston lager beats out Yingling? The Yingling is 6 million barrels. Boston beer is about two. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I did not but know. But Yingling that. wasn't a craft brewer until last year. So. I don't really enjoy Yingling, Yingling too much. So. No, Yingling sucks. Yeah, Yingling. Well, okay. Yingling, Yingling. I didn't want to be rude sucks. in case one of them are listening, but okay. No. no. Yeah. So. <laughs> so okay. So here's here's an interesting thing, Greg. For you, uh, you know, Nick. I don't mean to exclude you, but uh, ex- I want to make sure Greg's listening, and not you know doing his car. Exclude me, whatever. I'm just, no, no, I'm just practicing with my car. So, not doing any car. Um, you got another one of these things? I'll pay no. for it. Damn no, it! That's the last one. Now you know how much a, a six pack of that costs. <laughs> oh, let me guess. Uh, twenty ninety nine. Yep. Oh, have a ding dong. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, where was I? I was. So I was listening to this. Lick, lick, lick my balls. Lick, lick, lick my balls. <laughs> Say that all the time. Listening to these founders guys today, right? And craft brewers 
<laughs> the the Brewers Association and what they define a craft brewer is a couple of things, right? So it used to be you had to use malt, all malts in your flagship beverage. You couldn't use an adjunct like corn or rice. That's weird. And that's why Yingling wasn't a craft brewer. Okay. And then they re- relaxed their provisions to say they removed that whole flagship beer, all malt thing. So now Yingling, who uses corn in Yingling lager, falls in and so now craft brewing gets a six million barrel bump in one year just because they impl- added one brewery all right so right. that's so that, so that happened last year so that was implemented last year last so year. technically my comment wasn't fully no. incorrect until last year well no sam adams was the biggest until they let you know, all right thank you. In. yes right. so now there's founders who sold 30 percent of their company to a spanish brewery right and the question that founders had to the Brewers Association is, sure, your rule is if you are partially owned by a brewery who themselves is not a craft brewery, you're not a craft brewery. But what is better for craft beer, being owned by the Spanish brewery or being owned 30% by a private equity firm? All right, hold that who thought. doesn't give a shit about the beer and wants to sell the company in, in five years. Hold that thought if you could. Pause for a second, please. I need to drink some water. Can we fill up some water? We can yeah, fill up some water. Up too, please. Oh, this this ballast point or whatever. Ballast. Ballast. You like the ballast of a boat? I keep wanting to say ballast because ball. You like balls? And I'm American, so. Your Pittsburgher ballast yeah, point. Ballast. Ballast point, not. Ballast point. Habanera, sculpin. This could be. This good stuff. Makes me want to go home and make some enchiladas. You're American. You're just a poutine. I'm a whore. A poutine. <laughs> it's a poutine. You're poutine. Because you're fat American. I don't think I'm that fat. I think I'm a little chubby, but I don't think I'm that fat. Thank you for filling up the water. All right, so we're back. As I was saying, we were talking about the Founders guys, and they had entertained some private equity groups, right? And they looked at the long game, and the long game's no good for private equity because they want to sell the... They want to... You know, pump and dump the company. They want to increase the value and sell it in five to seven years. And if you're the guys at Founders who want to be a brewery, you're not going to take investment from a company that only wants a short, a short game. You know, a five year game. Where so they went with the foreign brewer who has a hundred fifty year business who wants some of the advantage. Like, you know, they're brewing European beer, mm-hmm. and the craft brewers are doing this voodoo magic that they keep the. You know, the, there's something about the American craft beer culture that makes that hard to figure out for people that are more established in. We talked about that last European. time, and so that's it's part English. of the reason. So, you know, founders went back to the Brewers Association. Like we could have, if we had sold to a private equity firm, it would have been worse for our company, mm-hmm. worse for craft beer, but we still would have been a craft brewer. Instead, we sold to a Spanish brewery, and it's better for the beer, better for our company, and we're not a craft brewer. That's a little fucked up. What did the Brewers Association say? They, did, they didn't really expand upon this. 
And the Brewer Association said, fuck you! But it's an, in, but, but it's an interesting... <laughs> I just gave him the finger and walked out the door. <laughs> but it's an interesting point, right? Because you could have done something that is arguably yeah. <laughs> worse for craft beer by going with private equity to keep the title. Yeah. I, I don't see... You see, arguably worse for craft beer because I, the the private equity guys aren't in it for the long game. Right, right. They're, but I, they but, want to make the most value of the company in five to seven years. Yeah, but, and but, then they want to sell it. My point is, you say worse for craft beer. I don't see any existential threat to craft beer on the market. Uh, no, on the horizon. I do single, see. I do it, see existential it could threat be worse to for founders. Like, for founders, yes. To founders, yeah. yes. But to craft beer, no. no. But uh, I expanded the founders thing. But yeah, founders is a better. Founders is a better uh, citizen in the craft beer community now than if they had sold to private equity. We don't know that. Stereotypical private equity. Uh, We don't know that. I mean, you say they're a better citizen now. We don't know. They they sold to private equity. They, you know, two years, three years in, they could be just as much. Uh, So uh, we don't know whether seven years out they'll be. A better citizen in craft beer. I I don't I don't know the answer. Sure. To that. Yeah. Sure. But, but they're saying you know, private equity has a horrible reputation of just building value in a company at any cost and selling it. Yes. And craft beer is not about the at any cost part. It's about building small business and all that other stuff. Oh. I, I think I, that's I, an idealized. Well, yeah, craft, that call falls brewer, down I'm to sorry, the idealized. The Brewers Association idea of craft beer right. is about okay. that. Stuff. It's it's about and more of the passion. If you, than if you it only is look at the, the Brewers Association vision of craft beer, mm-hmm. Founders fits that better now than if they had sold to. You see how religion sticks into all this? It gets a little religious, the, the way that, the, yeah, that they're defining yeah. things. I, I will give you religion here. I will not give you religion with sensory input. <laughs> like practicing I, I'm just saying that it scales. That that it gets to a certain point and you start to define things. We start to take things as sacred. And that the, the, whole, the whole point of... Of, of of so so this actually goes back to the whole CBR craft beer radio thing, right? Because we are not about the definition of craft beer as per the Brewers Association, right? And at some point, it's conceivable that having craft beer radio in our name is going to infer that we more strongly adhere to that those rules where we don't. Where if Blue Moon makes a good whip, whip beer. We like it, you know. We've done Blue Moon on the show when they've well, done is, good is beers. Is Blue like Moon con- considered macro? Or are they yes, just, it's, yeah. it's, they're owned by Miller Coors. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that, they don't want you to know that. Yeah, yeah, I, I did not know that. They don't want you to know that. Good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, shock Top? Owned by Anheuser-Busch. I, I'm not a big Shock Top fan, so... Okay. I... I do like a good Blue Moon though, from time to time. Atlantic Kugels was Miller, but now it's not. I think There's no, no, it's it's still it's, it's Miller Paps something. It, it's it's not craft. Yeah. I mean, it's not independent. Small, right? Is a good beer. The grapefruit shandy apparently I hear is pretty good. The other ones I've had, 
No, it's good as other well, shandies. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like, like Blue Moon. I've had some good stuff from Blue Moon. Oh, I've, 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 I've had, had some, some really good stuff. So I mean, you can't really like shun them if they're... I've had some good stuff from Blue Moon, and I've had some horse shit from Blue Moon. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've stuff had that, that also had with the, some the stuff that I've had too. this summer. My brother bought a variety case of of Belgian wheat beers from Blue Moon, and it, actually, I don't even think the regular one was in the case. And I will say every one of the beers was wow. shit. Wow. I, I remember the Thai basil blue moon. Yeah. Was, yeah. And I the Crimson that. Crossing. Yeah. And, and then just straight up blue moon. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they were really good. Um, and so, you know, they're more than capable of making good beer. And But, but we've done that before. I mean, I, I, I think that we... We don't stick to a particular definition of craft beer. Craft beer is is it's it's our definition of craft beer as opposed to okay. a brewer's association. I mean, that's it. I, I kind of we have always transcended the definition. Yeah, and I don't want to have our name infer a limit which we don't have. Right? right, but I think that our name infers more to people who who are looking for a podcast about craft beer now than, than it does. Well, we need to talk but, to a lot of millennials and see if, like... I like how you point at the Yeah, yeah like, well, we're not millennials. The millennial. I know. You are the millennial. I know, I graduated in 2010 to, in high school. We need to talk school. to the millennials uh-huh. and see whether... Excuse craft me, are beer. you a millennial? I, I am a millennial. Can I mean, we, I, can we ask you some questions? Feel he, free. He's not typical. He's not typical. We need to like peer, like interview like two hundred of his peers. Right. We need we need to, to establish a base. Yeah, I'm not really typical of a millennial. However, I do want to mention something about like how craft beer and macro beers. I just want to mention this real quick. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but um, I played a gig last Saturday. Um, I will say that he was on the uh, board boardman or a board membership of the pittsburgh penguins that's all i'm gonna say for it uh basically i did not belong in his house and it was a birthday party and like his 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 bathroom sink was made out of gold like it, it i did not i had to take a shit and i refused to take it there because in his sink of how yeah the sink you didn't shit in the sink because it was made <laughs> <No>. of gold <laughs> that's probably a good good idea <laughs> But anyways, gold uh, tarnish. You know what? Totally but the thing is, though, he just... he said in the contract. Uh, uh, well, he said in the deal that I mean, we got paid ex- extraordinarily well for this performance, and not to mention though, I was expecting. He's like, you get free food and free drinks, and I've had some great appetizers there. I mean, it was freshly uh, fresh mozzarella with like fresh cut um, homegrown tomatoes and basil. Oh, so good as the appetizers. And some other really great food there. Um, but he was like, yeah, you get all the free drinks you can get there, too. You know what it was? Miller fucking light. Uh-huh. It was Miller light in the keg. And I'm expecting, like, some really extravagant uh, wines it, it or beers. It could have been, like, Moosehead, don't you know? Yeah. I know. It was Miller light. It was Miller light in a keg. And then he had Bud Light lime in the cooler. And I was so pissed. I'm just like, dude, you know what? I came here. This is like a $20 million home. The dude literally had a golf course in his back, por- in his back porch. So literally a golf like course. The guy? I mean, you don't want to say names, but it, you're talking about the guy that lives in like Swickley Heights? 
It wasn't Swigley. It wasn't Mario Lemieux. Oh, okay. It was not Mario Lemieux, but it was one of the higher-ups. Let's just say his name is on the Stanley Cup since the last time the Penguins won. So that at least eliminates quite a few people. However, uh, yeah, he literally had a golf course in his backyard. He had his own putt in a green. He Craft had a par three. Is only 10% of the market. Yeah. And I was And just, that's part of the thing I want to interview. Oh, so your, pissed. That's part of the thing I want to interview your peers for is like to figure out like cuz I don't have these stats in front of me. I don't remember seeing them, but like for millennials is craft beer just 10 11% or Really? Craft beer is only 10% of the beer sold. See, I can't but, I, I understand like, that, so but if you're someone your my world, age, it's like yeah, more of my friends are into craft beer yeah. than they are anything else. More of the people that I hang out with—that's why, and that's why you didn't know Blue Moon was a Coors product. Yeah, probably. But I'm not considering Blue Moon. I'm talking about a lot of the people well, no, no, that no, I no, talk no, to, no, hang no, out Blue with. Blue Moon's only one out of every ten beers you drink, or but something. But I'm like talking that, about but. people know Duclaw. People know. Great Lakes. People know, mm-hmm. obviously, Sierra Nevada and the bigger craft mm-hmm. beers as, as, like, Sam Adams or something like that. But I go out and people know certain beers that I'm drinking without having to explain what it is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, in my in my opinion of what... When, when I go out with my friends that are in my age group, they are browsing through... The sections and ordering right, right. fat heads and ordering no, I mean, the more that, obscure that's, drinks. That's awesome for for me yeah. and for what we're trying to do. I and mean, we've talked about it's how kind of mission accomplished. You know, yeah. we, can, we can we can hang this podcast up and go home. When we started the show, <laughs> there were very few bars in Pittsburgh where you could get a Sam Adams, let alone any other craft beer. Now, and now it's like yeah, you, you, you can't probably think can't, of you not probably getting can't a even Sam imagine Adams. what the world was like in 2005. Exactly. In 2005, I you know, there was bars that didn't have any craft beer. You couldn't even like you the best thing you could hope for was Yingling. See that, that that's the thing like And um, that wasn't just the dive bars, that was your common bar. Exactly. And then you and, had to go to a craft beer bar to get good stuff. And, and that's the thing, like, with, with me, um, I, I, I wasn't an underage drinker. I really wasn't. I, I did it a couple times underage, but I wasn't, like, a big partier. When I turned 21, uh, I wasn't a big drinker. I really didn't become a big beer drinker until I met Greg. And Greg basically was a bad influence on me and taught me how to drink my life away. But uh, anyways, uh, I feel good about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's the greatest experience what of my life. What else are you gonna do with your life? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to school for my waitering degree. Um, but um, what I'm trying to say is like, so I wasn't really experienced to that. So me going to a bar and ordering, and I'm like, fuck, all you have is Sam Adams Rebel IPA. Well, this is a shit bar. As much as I love, I love Rebel IPA. I'm not trashing it at all. But I'm saying, like, uh, for a bar not to have anything other than Sam Adams in the craft beer section, to it's me, a little that, bit like uh, having a, a menu that's only a cheeseburger. That's exactly. a scenario that I've never encountered. But that's a what bar where they 
the only decent beer they have is Rebel. Yeah, I, I've seen something like that where they only have a Sam Adams and a Sam Adams Seasonal or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, uh, for my generation... Uh, I've not seen it as being Rebel. I've seen no. it as being Oktoberfest yeah. and yeah, Summer yeah. Uh, Well, that's just pulling them off the top of my head. But for my generation, that's what it's become. And I've had the luxury of being able to go to any bar for the most part. And then if I go to any bar, which I have out in Philly, and I've gone to bars out in Philly, and I'm just like, what the fuck am I drinking? All I, The best beer I can have is a Yingling. And it's like, okay, come on, give me something. But no. But it, Are you saying that Philly doesn't here. have good craft beer bars? Uh, no, th- there are a couple. I haven't been able to no, enjoy all of them. No, they have a ton. You've just been in the wrong places. Is, Philly I've is been an in the wrong places. Scene. As an amazing craft beer scene. Um, oh, I was well. All right, I should say Montgomery County. Okay. Because uh, I was a little bit north of Philly, where I generally go. But most people don't know where Gilbertsville or Pottstown is, or well, maybe Pottstown, right, but so Boyertown. I think it's time for Amazon Anonymous. All right. I and found an item here. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll take my time so Greg can find something and Nick can find something. Someone purchased the Verbatim DVD Plus R double layered AZO 8.5 gigabyte 8x to 10x branded double layer recordable disc five disc slim case 95311 gets four and a half stars with 1376 reviews. And I picked this because people still buy DVDRs. I. <laughs> If you're, it is a double layer, right? You could rip a, uh, a a normal DVD to this thing, right? That's what I'm thinking. But thing is, it's it's we're so deep into blue or Blu-ray world that not only that, I mean, you're ripping standard you can, DVDs. You can just put your DVDs on on a on a hard drive on and, a three terabyte hard drive. That yeah, you can get for 150 bucks, right? Um, the only the only thing is we maybe needed, he's a wedding like videographer or something like that. Maybe we needed to get a DVD player. We the the guy at my work needed to have a, a one so that we could find uh, so so that we could get a a <laughs> a recovery disc working mm-hmm. because it wasn't working with the USB thing. Right. So so those situations come in, but those are very you know out there situations i guess it's true but you're not i'm not seeing stuff like three and a half inch floppies are being (laughs) bought so so the number one question on this one is do they still ship out cheap india made discs i just ordered these and i'm hoping they're made in singapore (laughs) the answer is singapore are these appropriate for creating windows 7 boot discs I recommend the 4.7 gigabyte discs. They are much cheaper. What's that voice you're putting in? I don't know. Nerd? It's more of a, like a Professor Frank kind of... Yeah. Well, he's a nerd. Yeah, yeah. I just... I wanted to see if there was like a color to it you are adding. Just, just nerd. Okay, so like, it's just general... Like, like nerd, DVD nerd. nerd. But it's like, not like comic book guy nerd. Windows, Windows... No, no. Windows 7 boot disc nerd. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean... Having like why why buy an eight, why buy a double layer DVD plus R when you could just get a single layer? You know? Windows Seven is two and a half gigs or something. Yeah, three exactly. Gigs. So what do you need eight and a half gig double layer disc for? Exactly. I, I didn't even know they made double layer burners. It does seem weird because you can get USB keys that are you know thirty two gig or sixty four gigs for exactly. Cheap. All right. So the most helpful customer review. 
five stars. Best DVD-DL media. I have bought and burned over 200 of these discs, and I've never had a bad disc. Today, the blank media market has been flooded with cheap discs that don't work after even a few uses or even burn properly. However, this specific blank media is still high quality and won't fail. <laughs> that is a funny thing about floppy disks. When I was in like 7th or 8th grade or something like that, and floppy disks were obviously still uh-huh. around, um, I burned something onto a floppy disk, and I was with my friend Jake Paul, uh, Paulsifer and his mother, and we're well, driving somewhere. When I was somewhere. in 7th grade, 5 and a quarter inch floppies were still around. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, we were they driving were somewhere. They actually floppy. <laughs> we, we, we were driving around somewhere. I forget what exactly we were doing, but, and I forget what I was talking about, but I was like, oh yeah, I got it on a floppy disks for you. And I, for some reason, just slipped up the word and said floppy dicks instead of floppy discs. Nothing wrong with floppy dicks. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like one of those random memory burns that are just stuck the, in the your head. The funny thing is, is, is the term you use, which is burn. I mean, burn, we we turn, we use it as CD because you're using a laser. Um, and, and really, you are actually you, burning it. Into you are the... burning it into a die. Uh, with the with a disc, you're writing it using a right head to change the magnetic polarity yeah. of, of certain things. Hey man, my Dell, 19- but I but I understand. I mean, you've yeah, you, you grew yeah. up with burns. So my, writing, my, writing means burn because yeah, there's my my Dell ninety eight man. That, that thing had a it had the CD drive and the floppy sure. dick side. It was dicks, great. Floppy yeah. dicks. Yeah. You love floppy dicks. Floppy, floppy dicks, dicks, man. Floppy <laughs> dicks. Best thing hey, in the world. Yeah. Uh, Lenny Kravitz had a floppy dicks. That's hey man. Right. Lenny's good. I like Lenny. <laughs> did you find anything? <laughs> yeah, I did. Right. Um, just because I'm curious about this one. It says uh, gel hand wash refill, 34 ounces, pink grapefruit uh, scent with a plastic pouch. Now, it says refill, and that, that that's the reason why I'm even picking it. It's like, okay, so you ordered it on Amazon, but it's a refill. So do you send the bottle back and you get a refill and you get a return? No, it's just you, you, you added you know you add it to your bottle that's uh, maybe it's a ceramic bottle or something. You just stick it in there. It's just a pouch of yeah. goo you squeeze into the. Is it the okay? Goo pouch. Well, I was just confused because it said refill. So oh, I goo was, pouches. I wasn't sure. I've never refilled my bottle or bought any goo pouches from Amazon. So so what is it again? What are you refilling? Uh, it is a hand wash. I mean, it's just grape grapefruit scented hand wash. Thirty four ounces. Probably one of those foamers that automatically, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's probably that. It's probably just a a bottle with a screw cap of. You know, now now that I, I realize what it is, I feel I you should feel read like I should the you should read it, a review because so. Greg hates reviews and I like uh, them, well. So. Uh, I already skipped through it, and I found another one that I'm actually really interested no, in. No, too bad. Read a review too, for no, the hand but wash. I like Connect Four Wooden Strategy no, Game. No, no, screw the Connect Four Wooden Strategy no, Game. I want to hear Read a review. Connect. I want to hear about the Connect Four Wooden well, Strategy okay, Game. Okay, so Nick gets a double bonus, but I want to hear a review about the refill of the hand wash. Okay, okay. Uh, let me find the refill of the hand wash. Uh, I want to hear. I can't find. Stop it. the vocal fry. <laughs> That's not vocal fry. Vocal fries. Scabbity doo bop bow. Fucking millennials and their vocal fry. <laughs> Dude, I can't find it. 
I lost it. All right, give me the computer. All right, so we're going back to you Connect 4. You lost your computer privilege. No, we're going to Connect 4. So it's like a handcrafted version of Connect 4, right? With yeah, like it's a Connect 4 wooden strategy game. So obviously it's the same exact game as Connect 4, but it is handcrafted with nice yellow and red ball uh, discs. By Chinese slave labor. Probably. Indian. Or Indian. It could be Indian, uh, India uh, straight uh, slave labor. I've definitely drank a lot tonight. <laughs> I want your hand wash review. All right, here. I don't know how to use Max. There we go. I think I. Yeah, that's the back button. If you find the hand wash gel, check out the reviews. All right. Um, I want to see if it says like it eliminated all the bacteria. Maybe it, instead of eliminating ninety nine point nine, it only eliminates like ninety seven percent. Can you turn up the, my sound, please? Sure. All right. Uh, I I did want to. Um, I I I sent this to Nick. This is where I got the idea for doing the, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the the David Bowie, uh, um, Major Tom parody, uh, Space Oddity parody. Uh, I this this was the the Fish Center <laughs> version. I just think it was is beautiful. I loved it. I, I thought it was funny. It was clever. It was. Silly. It was everything. It was good compared to a lot of the stuff that that thing does. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. So we'll play this in the background. Okay, while, while I look for. All right. So here's a review for uh, Nick's hand soap. The most helpful customer review is a four-star review, light grapefruit scent. I've looked all over the stores for this hand soap, and I finally found it online. It isn't the same as the original Method Pink grapefruit hand soap because the scent is a little less grapefruity and more perfumey, but I like the light scent, and I love the convenience of the large refillable size. Stars. <laughs> Saturday Night Live! <laughs> it's Saturday Night Live! Excellent, too. I mix this, or any gel soap, one part soap and four parts water, and it makes a perfect foaming hand soap. You mean lubricant? I prefer Method for the natural smelling lavender fragrance, which is still plenty strong after being diluted and plenty cheap. Buying in this quantity. <laughs> you make it sound so silly. I love well, it. Well, that's exact. Actually, I read that one without screwing it up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the best at reading out loud, but I got that one right. So. I love this one picture here for the uh, for the refillable thing. They show you the relative size. You guys check this out. They show you the relative size of the yeah. refill pack. And it goes from your boobs to your belly button or about. <laughs> Alright, so I don't feel so bad picking that one now. No, it's good. 34 ounces of pink grapefruit scent. Plastic pouch. I mean, who honestly needs 34 ounces for a hand wash? Come on. It goes into a foamer, like Greg said. But if you mix a 4 by one you can... Yeah, but can you imagine... Alright, look, when, when I have a guest over, I have my sink, okay? I can't imagine a 34-ounce bottle you sitting off to the, the side. You the cupboard, and you fill up the little bottle with the foamer bottle. Yeah, that's a lot of work. You fucking millennials. I'd rather just have the bottle. Fucking millennials. 
go! Get out of here! Alright, whatever, I'm taking bathroom break anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't found anything yet, but I'm like, hmm, this is good. So I just, uh, I guess pixeling at random. As long as it's not the uh, soap or the uh, Somebody bought DVDs. You want to turn it down? I thought you would turn it down. I, I just, it sounded like you weren't coming in loud enough to talk over the music, uh, so I brought it down. Talk into the mic and I'll leave it up. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Okay, somebody bought a magnifier set. Three magnifiers. Alright. Sorry, I love that part of the song. Okay, so... Uh, You're being eaten, is there something wrong? Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's kind it's, of an absurd question. Because yeah. <laughs> being eaten is never anyone's decision. Right. Ever. Uh, it's three magnifying glasses, I guess, used for killing ants of different sizes. We're uh, looking at small things. Yeah, but usually it's for killing ants. Um... Let's see, okay, so I, I just like how you shook your hair out when you came back. You know? <laughs> Do you ever eat at the uh, Cranberry Sports Grill? Uh, almost never. No, okay, I'm there like usually like once, twice a month. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there this Wednesday. I think a good beer there, it just doesn't make it on my you know top, top of the list. They have some decent beer, I've had some beers there while I gigged. Yeah, I'm usually there like once, twice a month twice a month. I think this is actually the last show I'll be there for until next next spring. I see. Okay, so I do want to mention these reviews because whoever purchased this, it doesn't look like your purchase is very good because there are two one-star reviews. Ah, uh, number one, the first they were one-star reviews. Worse than I expected. <laughs> I knew these were going to be cheaply made, but I was willing to overlook that if they had glass lenses that were usable, as many have posted. Lenses are definitely not glass not unless glass can be carved with an exacto knife plus the metal band i think he said bad but i think he meant bad the metal bad the around metal the bad. lenses is so thin and weak that it feels as if it will not hold up probably why the lenses are plastic glass would be too heavy for the bands the image of the lenses is okay for everyday casual use but the state of magnification seems to be out of line with the view but again others have said this and i can verify those statements if these were glass as stated or if they were half the cost i wouldn't have a complaint cheaply made i expected and could accept misrepresented lens material is another story so that's bad review number one bad review number two <laughs> i could take shitty useless magnifying yeah. glasses if they had called them shitty useless magnifying glasses <laughs> well the, the, the point is that if the shitty use magnifying glasses were what they said they were, it were the six, eight, and ten times, but they aren't. Just like this person says, these are definitely not powers of six, eight, and ten, but much less. I verified with the manufacturer who said that the powers list on the box are not the right powers. That was all in caps, by the way. They have been mislabeled. Instead, they are two, 2.5, and three times. <laughs> six, eight, ten, two, two and a half, three. Uh, what is this for? Magnifying glasses. Magnifying glasses. Okay. Um, yeah, that doesn't quite get you anywhere near what you were expecting. Yeah, so three magnifying glasses, only ten bucks, but not what you were looking Sorry, for. Sorry, Amazon 
craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon customer. Yeah. You bought some shitty magnifying glasses. <laughs> Hopefully you use them to burn ants because yeah. you're not going to see anything with them. So as as ant burners, I think they're probably very successful. Especially if you stack all three on top of oh, each other. Oh, yeah. That's true. You could probably, if you do that, you could get your, you could get your magnification, right? You'd have to really space them out. You'd have you, to do it. it you have well, to make a saying three times. What if you, someone bought them strictly for reading and just didn't want to go to actually? Like, well, no, but, but they're advertised as being six, eight, and ten. You'd have to make a oh, jig to get the focal points all to line up. I think. Yeah, but you could do it. But once you focus the first one, it's going to be down to like a point, and you're not going to have much area for the second one. So it's I don't know if it's going to be effective like the second or third glasses. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you like have the fir- first one focused down to an area instead of a point, but I think you'd be better off buying one good ant burner instead yeah. of three yeah. shitty ant burners. Well, I would get <laughs> one of those lasers that are like the blue lasers that can actually burn ants. And you, don't need the, you don't even need the sun. You can just pop them. Yeah. They just boil and yeah. pop. Nice. You don't like the idea? No, I played it, video games that burned ants. Uh-huh. I'm a millennial, so, you know. <laughs> I think that's been established, <laughs> established yes. Uh, I I don't mind burning ants because I consider them sort of like burning uh, cells of a much larger creature. It's not like I'm killing something. Ants, ants are scary. Ants are... Ants are I like, mean, if, if they were huge, they'd be scary. Ants are... Um, ants I consider to be like... Like the blood of a much larger creature. They're, they're, we had this conversation. They're not outside that long ago. cells. So, so I just had an. So, um, I spent the day up on the ladder replacing uh-huh. wood. Right. So we had a hornet's nest inside, or a wasp nest inside some of the wood. I wish I knew that like the nests were like just inside because I would have got poison and sprayed it. I assume like the wasps are like up in my attic and like all over the shit. I figured there'd be like a nest like this up in the attic, like the size of a basketball, you know? And today when I tore the rotten wood off to replace it, I saw these three little tiny little hive nests, you know, like, oh fuck. They were like six inches from the entrance. Uh I could have just sprayed some, but I paid like 180 bucks to have an exterminator Uh come and kill the wasps. And uh, so... The reason this came to my mind was, you know, yeah, I killed wasps. I don't give a shit about the wasps. The interesting thing is when I was in there, the wasps were laying on the ground underneath the nest. And this has been 24 hours. And they're like still slightly moving. Yeah, they're dead. No, but they were moving. They're still dead. I'm wondering if they're like paralyzed or or like or something like that. Was it heat or I mean, but I mean the way we were like they were like fidgeting like on the ground like they couldn't walk or fly or anything. But they well, were like it, it's like if you cut the head off off of an insect, you can run around for a little bit it, for twenty four hours. Yeah, it, okay. I, I, I've seen some surprising thing with with insects. I, uh, I worked at the insect zoo at Smithsonian for uh, insects small are scary time. ass creatures. Um, and there was. Uh, a guy brought in some stuff. He was on a safari in Africa, and he brought in some uh, stuff, and he brought in one of these giant walking stick insects. Uh, and he was cool. amazed because he basically cyanided a whole area and then got all these insects and uh, put them away. And, and he had he didn't open them up for six months. And he opened up this one, and this walking stick just came out and started walking. 
I was like, that thing can survive for six months without food or water or anything? Said, oh, yeah, insects can do that. that. That's no problem. I'm just amazed that it survived the cyanide. <laughs> so I was like, wow. There, there, there's a lot I didn't yeah, I, I but know. But the wasps were like, they were fidgeting. You know, it was it was fascinating. There was something that was still making them move, whether it was their conscious hive thought or or just spasms. I don't know. Yeah. But I was surprised they were still moving. We had, a and I was like I said, I was really pissed. I spent all that money now. But now I know if I get wasps like up in the eaves and stuff, I know that the nests are within an, a foot of the eaves. So if I spray enough poison in the fucking hole, should be able to get rid of those wasps. There you go. So, so you, I, learned, I learned. That's what I paid the hundred eighty bucks for. Was to learn a lesson. You got a good lesson out of your money. So here's a question: Have you noticed a lot of stink bugs this this year? No. Summertime's not where you're going to notice them. They stay outside. They stay in the leaf litter in the woods oh, okay. um, during summertime. I can't when it starts remember. to get cold at night, they're going to they're going to come back. I haven't seen one in a long time. I haven't seen really? one at yeah. this year. Oh, I can't. No, uh, we, I've never we had them seen in the spring this year. We had them in the spring. Not as, not as much as I would have expected. Maybe there's something keeping the population down. Maybe the cold winter did. But I expect uh, since when we start getting nights in the 40s, I They're haven't seen a stink back. bug in a long time. Your hops are almost ready to go, huh? We could have picked them tonight, probably. Yeah. Well, maybe next week. I'm hoping someone just offers to take them so I don't have to pick we, them. We had a great conversation uh, a couple weeks ago. It was a little nerdy, but it was talking about like overgrown insects. I mean, we That came from World of Warcraft and yeah, yeah, yeah. Silithus, but, uh, but we, we talked about overgrown... Like, humongous insects and how obviously it's illogical for those to ever get those size but if they were ever like giant insects dude that'd be the scariest thing in the world because they are just ruthless ruthless creatures well i i think yeah you were saying insects are ruthless and i was saying that there's a more ruthless creature out there that is big which is fish oh yeah that's what we that's what we talked about yeah fish are evil little things that just they're they're they just eat eat eat. They don't care. They don't have. Yeah. I, well, I guess insects are the same exact thing as fish, just smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, though. Like, I fucking seeing a giant beetle, I'd be terrified yeah. of what it could do to me. Like, like you tell me, like, like turtle, like land turtle, like well, like giant uh, tortoise-sized beetles. Well, or well, think about like an ant, for instance. Uh-huh. I mean, ants have been known to wage war on each other. And sure, to, sure, to yeah. wage war, and they are just ruthless creatures that protect their their environment. And it's just like, okay, we work for this specific purpose, and that's it. So turn that into, we'll say even like 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 a five foot giant ant. I mean, you have like an army of five foot giant ants tearing you apart for. You, you've not seen Honey I Shrunk the Kids, have you? I have. They're friendly, I mean, benevolent beasts that you can yeah, ride they, and get back is, to the house. That is totally or not right. Man or they are, yeah, they are completely mean and just no, evil creatures. I've watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Ants are cool, man. You can ride on them. They'll, they're like saddle trained, like, yeah. like out of the back. You know, like... <laughs> Have you ever seen the musical Ruthless? If you ever get a chance, see the musical Ruthless. It's an excellent production. What is it about? Um... Uh, it's about this ex-Broadway star. Well, uh, I guess that takes away. It's about this woman trying to be this, who is like this Broadway star, and she's kind of a bitch no all the way through. Like <laughs> oh, it's, god damn it! You and these fish tank. To be the mad fish. 
The Mad Mish. You're obsessed with this fish that I love. I love fish centers. It's awesome. Alright, it's, it's, it's no Rick and Morty, but it's. No, no, it's, it's a totally different thing. Okay, so. I mean, it is amazing that they come up with an entire show based around literally a fish swimming around in a tank. Yeah. But the, the mere fact of it is just kind of like, what the, the hell? Well, okay, so here's... I, I, I've explained this to, to Jeff. I, 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 it's it's like... Think of Fish Center not not in, nearly in the same way as you think of Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is a extraordinarily well-produced. You know, they take time and effort and stuff, and, 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 and like months and months and months to make, you know, to scripts, to get scripts right. This is... Fish oh, it's a, for the most part, what, like, improv, right? Yeah, well, Fish Center is a comedy laboratory. Yeah. It's uh it's improv uh with the 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 barest of a skeleton on there and it's just people just trying to find funny things and it's it's very hit or miss but when it hits it can be very funny just like really just like good improv and, and they also take time to do these these things that are just Maybe they're not as funny in isolation as they are if you understand sort of the the show. But it, yeah. it's it's like it's like a a, a radio show, like a, a weekly radio show that I listen to, and you can ignore some of it. But then there are some of it that's really funny, and the the overall humor of making these fish in this fish thing. Like I said, fish are these these evil little creatures that don't they don't actually have personalities. They just they just eat and move around, and they'll they'll be evil to anything. And making them into characters, and then like having them play "quote unquote" games where they're running over coins and <laughs> scoring them, and having them be like having tournaments based on this thing where the fish have no are not involved at all. It it's just an edifice placed on it. I I just I find the are they are they, they wouldn't be doing their call-in segment right now, would they? No, they they uh, they do it weekly. Uh, from four to five. Oh. Although last week they did do it, um, they, they they did do it. And I did they did Fish Center Nights. And they did. That's why I was able last week to show you a live show. Um, the call-ins are are fascinating because yeah. Greg calls in and other I've called Coops in twice. call in. I've called in oh, twice. You called in. I called twice. in. I called in. Have you gotten on? Oh yeah, I've called in. Uh, it was Tuesday or Wednesday because it's like Greg and four maniacs. No, there are a lot of people. I mean. A lot of people. There, there, about as many people watch the show as listen to our podcast. So, it, it's the same sort of. What did you do when you called in? I, I just I made comments and I just had fun with them. I mean, they, they were doing um, dumb games and I participated in their dumb games. That's cool. Yeah, they did a game called um, One Night Stand. Uh, and it was they had a picture of a nightstand and they said is it one nightstand or two <laughs> that's so stupid but yeah funny yeah that's what I said when I called I said I'd like to play one of Max's pun based games please <laughs> um, no I, I I enjoy it I, I you know there's sort of a 
there's a group of people that uh, that enjoy it. It's not for everybody, but I enjoy the sort of comedy laboratory thing and and the and the the, the base absurdity of it and turning making it into something making something completely absurd and nonsensical into something with a seeming structure is to me very very funny and unique and they do it in a good way so so fish center if you're listening there you go fish center fish center live all right you've been shuffling those cards since we started the post show what are you planning on doing? Nothing. I'm just do something. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm it's just practicing holding the cards. That's it. It's it, it, do it, a magic trick. I'm not gonna do a magic trick. This bastard. <laughs> He's been teasing me the entire time. I've been waiting for him to come out and be like, "Okay, pick a card." And I, nothing. I, I can do a magic trick, but what's the point? All right, do a magic trick. <sighs> Pick a card. Okay, I'm picking a card. Alright. Oh, you picked a card. I picked a card. Now what? Memorize the card. I have it memorized. Alright. Now you what? You sure? Yeah. You sure you got it memorized? Yeah. Right, why don't you put it back on the deck? What if I don't want to put it there? Alright, put it wherever you want. <laughs> I can't get it. Alright. <laughs> just absurd alright <laughs> okay so I'm going to do a really fast magic trick right so there, that was your card mm-hmm. well there it is three of clubs how the fuck did you do that <laughs> the fuck I didn't even put it at the top of the deck how did you do that I'm amazing. you son of a bitch I'm amazing do it again. No. I don't believe you'll do it again. <laughs> Shenanigans. The trick was done before you even started. Shenanigans. No, it wasn't. I didn't force the card on him. I, I looked for the um, the other trick that the kids have upstairs. I'm not sure where it cut, though. I didn't even put it at the top of the deck. You bastard. It worked, huh? It worked. <laughs> Magic. I, <laughs> magic. You know what's funny? My, I, my, I think it was my senior prom or junior prom. I can't remember, but there was some magician there, and he was kind of like a cock. And uh, I watched him like do the magic card thing, and uh-huh. he hit like this light thing that would show what the card was. And I was standing behind him, and you can only see it at like a certain angle. And I totally saw it, and kind of like called him out on it, and he like yeah. shoved me off and got me <laughs> out of there. I was like, there was a light, and he just kind of looked at me and just kept on going. I was like, ah, this guy's a cock. If you would have stared at my hands the whole time, you would have seen exactly what I did. Do it again. <laughs> you were talking about, you yeah, know, yeah, ruining okay. the magic. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. All right, All right so, so I'm going to grab a take, card. Take a card. Right. I grabbed the card. Did you get the same card? No, it's not the same card, but it's pretty damn close. So you don't put it wherever you want. I just ended, I know, okay, whatever, do this. Ah, you cheating bastard, I I watched that. I did that and did that, and boom, there it is. Now it's upside down inside the deck. That's all. What is it? It's the four of clubs. It's the four of clubs. Yeah, it's pretty damn close. It was just one number higher. It's magic. It's magic. It's phenomenal. It was meant to be. Yeah, all, all I did was I, I did a false shuffle, brought it to the top. All right, but how did you do that when I misplaced the card? Because you didn't push the card in all the way. So you, you push the card in almost like 
this way. I just sort of grabbed it with my finger, pulled it back like that. Then I had it back here, and I could just. All do right, it. so do it one more time. <laughs> I will make you mess up. Okay, so right. I'm gonna grab this card. Right, so put it on. <laughs> yeah, if you do that, I can't do anything. Well, now the, I have no it, idea. Was it on the bottom or no? <laughs> no, no, it's no. in the middle. No, he put it. He put it somewhere in the middle, and he, and he squeezed the deck mm-hmm. close. Yeah, at that point, guess what? Awesome! Now I know how to fuck over magicians I can, I when I see him at a dance or something <laughs> like that. The magician could force some, uh, force a card on you, or have a different out. Like for example, if I were to say, okay, um, all right, force a card on me. Force a card on you? Yeah, force me. What card do you want me to force on you? Uh, Ace of spades. I need to prepare a deck in order to force a card, right? Yeah. I'm not great at forcing cards, but I'll do my best. Force me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, say, say stop. Stop. Let's try it again while while I'm actually... Alright. And stop. Alright, so that's the card you picked. Oh, look at that. Ace of spades, everybody. <laughs> Let me guess. Memorize it and give it back to you. Put it in your pants. Well, in your pants. It's coming on here a little bit later. So that's a real cheap force that I did. And that's simply... I um, oh, t- Say stop and then you just... Well, all, all I did is I found the card that I wanted to force. And you, you actually told me what card, Ace of Spades. I put it in the middle of the deck. Whatever. There's the Ace of Spades. Yeah. And... You keep a finger behind it or something? Yeah, I kept a break. So you so knew when to stop. I keep a break... Behind to where you so can't you don't see. see it, and then as I'm flipping, you just say stop, and as soon as you say stop, I push you just down switch to the break and yeah, pull up the break. See, that's interesting. I never saw a hidden break like that. I mean, it, you would think that it would have to be more subtle. It doesn't. You figure you can clamp. I mean, the entire you front at, end. You, you can't yeah, see in it. The back, it's big break. In the front, it looks like a deck of cards, mm-hmm. and that that's. That's the whole. That's the basis of, of all of all these magic tricks. I can't wait till a magician says that to me. I'm like, yeah, all right, try it without breaking, asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna be a magician. Ruin worst the nightmare. magic for all those kids. I'm totally no, like fucking mean, millennial. The, fucking <laughs> millennial. Like, the, the, the fun is 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 seeing the magic trick and then learning how it's done. Yeah. But the yeah. only good magic trick I have is the stupid one with like the royals. And it's like they all go to a hotel. Oh, when oh when you do the we do those math based tricks. It's a math based yeah, trick. Yeah. It's like okay, you can split the deck any which way, and they're all going to come out the same way. Right, yeah, yeah. This is more just sleight of hand. It just takes a little bit of practice. I learned that trick when I was like ten years old, and it's the only magic there's, trick I know. There's tricks like uh, uh, three of diamonds. If I can do this right, I don't know if I can do this right, but I'll give it a shot. Ah, damn it! I'm really I'm really bad at this, but. Like you just do, but you flipped it. It's on the top. Oh, I'm supposed to take it? No, I just ah, uh, yes, it didn't really work. So out. it, if you would force that card on me, then well, no, let, 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 let's say you pick the card. Oh, and then you just like, yeah, okay, so it's here, right? I'm not doing anything particularly amazing with the cards, but I just moved it to the top of the deck. That's called a pass. Terrible case of the hiccups. Nope. Pew. 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 Yes. 
That's why I pushed my. <laughs> so, Mr. Robot. Yeah. Mr. Robot. Well, I mean, what I loved about the reveal is that they they couch it in, you already knew this. So right. there's, so it wasn't about, it was flushing out. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't about, this is a surprise to you because they already did that last episode. <gasps> it was about, this yep. is a surprise to the character and, and watching the surprise of the character. Right. So I appreciated that. I appreciated the, um, the homage to fight club with where is my mind and stuff like that playing uh, and uh, you know where they went with it so yeah the, and and i also appreciated the voiceover line that he had where he said where we, you know he's talking to us and he said you knew the whole time didn't you yeah yeah and there's a lot of good things and you know some smaller things like again darlene and angela angela you know kind of sleuthing together and, and yeah. they ended up in the same place and they saw the broken glass and yeah, they went to the Bronx Museum and tried to find another thing know, I loved was Elliot there. the scene. So Elliot is, is is dragging you know his father to to his grave, mm-hmm. and as soon as the realization comes that that he is his father, he's the injured. cut appears. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that that was you know I, I I was watching and noticing when that happened. I thought awesome. There, you know, this is a show that is. Um, very, very conscious that it is not talking down to us as viewers. How's the Tyrell storyline going to play out in the finale? I'm, I don't know. I I think he's disgruntled. I think he will go through with the hack, but I'm not sure. Yeah, um, it's 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 interesting. Uh, so here's the thing about Mister Roa. So I'm surprised Elliot let him in. You know that seems well out of- when when a guy is like. I have no compunction about killing. <laughs> I'll kill you right now. I think Elliot sort of realized, all right, well, I have... I'm still surprised Elliot pulled the curtain back. They could have given him some other plausible story. Elliot's pretty good at fabricating plot. You know, I, I think he was so devastated at that, at that point also, psychologically, that it's just like, fuck, I don't care anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can you can definitely make that argument. Yeah, yeah. I'm just surprised. I mean, because, like, the way I think it's going to go is it seems like Terrell is disgruntled. He'll be happy to carry out a hack against Evil Core. Yeah. Um, that just seems too clean, too easy, right? You almost think it's got to be a uh, double cross there. I, I, I don't know. I mean... There, there's lots of options. Like, what what if Terrell lets them go through with the hack, but doesn't let them delete the key, and then he can lord the key over Evil Corp to get his job back or even get a higher position? What if? Yeah, it's. It, I don't see how that can work. I I, I don't know what what they're doing with it. I yeah. do know. I didn't know this when I started, but they were so impressed when they saw the USA when they when they got the first episode of Mr. Robot. They were, they bought it two seasons, so mm-hmm. they knew something that uh, they knew this was good. Uh, and maybe they had the arc too, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a review. <laughs> They're still hiccuping. <laughs> I read a review uh, or, or a, a interview with the guy who the Sam Esmail, the guy who, who made mm-hmm. the show, and he says. Uh, because it was originally he made it to be a movie, and he said that the first 
season of the show is the first 30 minutes of the movie. Huh. So there's a lot more. This is just, we're just so there's scratching a big the surface. Arc to go. We're scratching the surface. That's cr- I mean that's awesome if they can like you know like yeah. Lost right if they can show their whole storyline their whole arc without having to have a fluff in the middle right I mean that that's that's awesome so if they took the first thirty minutes of a movie and you saw ten hours or eight hours yeah. of content on that it's really fleshed out. I mean, it's as good as some of the best HBO dramas at that point. Oh, yeah. This is as as confident as Breaking Bad mm-hmm. in its like third or fourth season. I mean, this show jumped out the gate extraordinarily confident with a beautiful visual language of what it was doing. Oh, yeah. We talk, uh, we talk yeah. again and again about the uh, DP, the director yeah. of photography, and the framing and everything. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's well scripted. It's well acted. And I still am not convinced that Christian Slater is <laughs> anything, but everybody else does, does a really good job. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm uh, very very pleased. I was with the, the dentist on Friday, and Christian Slater was hosting Good Morning America. Guest hosting Good Morning America. <laughs> it was the most well that show. In, I think it was Good Morning America. It was one with uh, Al uh, the. What's his name? Uh, Al Roker? Al Roker on it, yeah. Whichever show that is. That's Today's Show. Today's Show, okay. So it's like, Christian Slate, Al Roker was in Abu Dhabi, like, doing some kind of, like, Al's Amazing Journey. And it was Christian Slater and, like, four women, like, sitting there. And Christian's just, like, kind of just bobbing his head and, like, not really saying much and whatnot. Oh, it's just, like, the worst TV. (laughs) I'm getting... I'm getting a tooth prepped for a crown mm-hmm. and uh, watching this oh, amazing nonsense. Oh, it's so bad. Amazing nonsense. How s- <laughs> sour the sound. <laughs> well, I think that uh, Nick's fit is probably, you know, a marker for the end of it's, it's already one o'clock in the morning. All right. Sounds good to me. Hope you enjoyed, everybody. That was fun.